I don't want to tour or I love to tour. I want to be able to combine traveling with touring. And, you know, so you need to figure out what your music career, what you want it to look like, and then figure out from there how to, how to get there by putting all the little pieces in place. Hello and welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now, I started this podcast as a way to give you access to the thoughts, ideas, and suggestions from people who actually work every day in the music industry on how to move your music career forward. Now, I'm blessed to have helped launch the career of superstar Taylor Swift, and I served as her manager for two years. I currently manage American Idol winner Trent Harmon, consult Scott Borchetta and the Big Machine Label Group, and have been helping thousands of artists around the world navigate the music industry. By the way, contrary to popular belief, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com. Take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help you make sure that you are on the right track. Enjoy the podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So in this episode of the podcast, I'm super excited because I get to bring on someone that not only uh, do I call a friend, but I'm also a fan of. Uh, Bree just recently had an amazing summit. And what was neat about your summit, Bree, was that a lot of people called me when I had posted that we would be doing a summit together. And they loved the unique group of people that you had assembled, you and Steve had put together because they weren't the typical names and faces that they see on a lot of these summits. So tell me a little bit about the thought process of where you wanted to go with the education that you wanted to provide and the people that you had reached out to to do this. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very practical minded. So my biggest thing at first was like, I want to give them very specific and actionable ways to make income from music. And I wanted to to provide kind of a smorgasbord because I think that people don't realize how many ways you can make money from music and people feel limited by maybe their circumstances. Um, you know, so I wanted to show them that like there are ways you can make money from music without leaving your house. There are ways that you can make money from music, you know, doing everything live, but maybe a bunch of different ways that you haven't considered. So, and I wanted to bring on people that were like, you know, industry pros like yourself, but then also people that are out there in the trenches doing it. So I did have a lot of musicians on there as well who could speak to a particular stream of income that they're really good at, you know, say they're really good at corporate events or they're really good at crowdfunding and get them in here because they've they're on the ground like they are doing it day in and day out and they can provide a unique perspective so that's why there was a bunch of people on there that maybe people didn't know at first but i think they people know them now and really appreciate what they had to offer in the summit well what a lot of people don't understand too is that if you find the right group of musicians and the right group of professionals like ourselves we love to share we love to inspire we love to coach we love to have successes. You know, a lot of people will come to me and I'll say, look, you're going to 
possibly listen to me or find me because of Taylor Swift or Big Machine or American Idol, but you should want to know what I've been able to do with independent artists. You should want to know the careers and the lives that I've helped change of people that are just like you. Uh, it's like those those resume builders will open the door, but you need to know what is in it for you. And I think the type of people that you attract and the type of people that I'm hoping that I attract are those people that understand that it is a business, that there are certain investments that are going to have to be made uh, because it is a business. There's so many people and I've been trying to find the right way and you uh, might be able to help me with this is that every day, I mean, just five minutes before we started this conversation, of course, someone sends me a, a message on Instagram that says, I think I want you to be, I think I want you to be my manager. And I said, as honored as I am that you say that, I don't know that you're quite ready for me yet. And the reason that I said that is I went first off, it was on Instagram. So I looked at the person's profile and they uh, had 700, you know, people that followed them on Instagram. They didn't have a way to their website. There's so much stuff that needs to be put in place, even before someone like me as their manager can help them. Now, me as a teacher, I can help everyone right now. You as a teacher can help everyone right now. But when it goes to that next step in the relationship of us taking on responsibility for their career, there's so many things that have to be set up. Now, what this is going to allow us to do right now is to transition into your history because you've been helping female music entrepreneurs, but what you teach is universal. It doesn't end at a specific gender. You've just found your niche by helping out the gals. What should people have in place that will make Brie the most effective for them? Mm, well, I mean, yeah, there's so much cart before the horse going on because I think we get this just like wide-eyed excitement when we see what other artists are doing and we try to follow what they're doing, but we don't realize that they've been doing it for a lot longer than we have and they have a lot of other things in place. And if we tried to do those things right now, it wouldn't work for us because you know we can't go out and do some huge PR campaign because we don't have a website or we don't have any social media or we don't even know how to, you know, what our perfect fan is yet. So there's a lot of foundational stuff that you need to figure out. And that's kind of why I created my five stages of music career growth, because I saw a lot of this people wasting a ton of time and money. And you know what? I did exactly the same thing on my own career. Like when I first started, I wasted a lot of time and money doing the wrong stuff because I was operating in an old model and thinking that I could play in the same field as other artists that have been there a long time, which I, I didn't build all that foundational stuff. So what people need in place and you know what really helps me be an effective coach is that they need to have all the foundational stuff in place, which I show them how to do in the academy in the first stage, which is of course your website. Sure. You know, get your social medias up and going, figure out you know exactly who your perfect audiences. And that involves, you know, doing some research and actually talking to people that like your music and finding out why they like it. And also going, you know, in your own uh, deep thinking about why you're doing this, what kind of a mission that you have. I always, um, I have kind of a foundational series on like goal setting. And that starts with really digging into what your mission is, what your why is, and you know, what your 
your purpose is for what you're doing and kind of your non-negotiables for your music career. Right. And it could be everything from like, I don't want to tour or I love to tour. I want to be able to combine traveling with touring. And, you know, so you need to figure out what your music career, what you want it to look like and then figure out from there how to, how to get there by putting all the little pieces in place. Well, it's, it's just like with any business, and I use McDonald's as an example sometimes, is that the store is laid out a specific way. There's been research that's gone into that. Uh, you just don't open up a business and start serving food. You need to work on recipes and what the look's going to be and the type of customer that's going to come in so that you make sure that you're serving them the right thing. Music is no different. You know, music, I think a lot of times people we'll see an artist get this very unique opportunity, uh, which happens. It still happens. Sometimes someone will just see something and they'll they'll grant this artist with an amazing opportunity. But what they don't see is what happens after that opportunity. Mm. They don't see, I was uh, recently at the Music Biz Conference here and on the panel, I went to a lot of the digital panels listening to the Spotify playlisters and the Apple and the Amazon folks. And they says, the worst thing that can happen to you is to end up on, you know, one of the biggest playlists right out the gate and not be prepared for it, not have a website, mm. not have follow up music, not have social media presence. They said that happened over and over again. So now they're really starting to take a look at the overall picture of the artist because just like in the music industry for a while six seven years ago you know the a and r teams were responsible for finding any kid that had a million views on youtube so that they could sign him to a record deal thinking that those million views were going to generate hundreds of thousands of units sold and that didn't happen so they got fooled once by just thinking that <laughs> there was this quick easy magic way and it still starts with great music most of those kids doing youtube were building their audiences off of very well written familiar songs so when it came time for these artists to put out their original material it didn't have the same effect and that's where i think we went back to going okay it all starts with the music but then what's the rest of your business supposed to look like what are your responsibilities in that business and something that you said earlier, making sure that what you're pu putting out there, that you've got an audience for what it is that you're putting out there. I don't ever discourage anyone from not doing what it is that they love, but don't have false expectations on what you're going to get if you want to really try to be different. Because as much as people say they like different and they like unique Whenever you ask someone what's the number one selling hamburger in the world, it's always the McDonald's <laughs> hamburger. And no one in the room, if you asked them one-on-one, -on -one, what's your favorite hamburger, would ever say McDonald's. But it's always the number one selling burger in the world. So as fans tell you they like things that are unique and different, really take a look to see if their actions are also showing that. Are they sharing your stuff with their friends? Because if they're not, Maybe they're not quite there yet to show that uniqueness and that difference to your fans. Now, you have been doing and you just shared something with my clients. And I'm so thankful on house concerts because I am a huge fan of small, intimate attention. You are the star in these small house concerts. It may not be as attractive as being on a big, huge stage. But boy, the effect that these house concerts have had on helping artists 
start making five figures a year, some even making six figures a year. When did you see that that was something that you could really benefit from and that you could teach? Well, I think, you know, I started, I was doing them in in my own, weren't really called house concerts back then, um, but I was doing similar kinds of events. And then when kind of the house concert craze started, um, that was when I created my course because I saw the real potential for indie artists to to earn great money. And, you know, I always give props to Shannon Curtis, who was on my summit as well, because she was an inspiration for that in her book. But um, I just think that with the kind of engagement that you can get in a house concert, and being able to actually get to know people and have that interaction. I think a lot of artists think, oh, I want to be on that big stage and I want the lights and all this. But I've talked to so many artists who've experienced both. And they tell me that the house concert is their absolute most favorite thing because they're actually being able to interact with their audience and be able to see the looks on their face when they're being you know, transformed by their song and their story. They're able to tell stories about their music that really connect with people. And they can see like that immediate gratification from the audience that their story is really resonating and connecting. Whereas when you're on a big stage, sometimes it's a little weird to, I think, to tell more intimate stories when you're on a big stage. But you, you can't see, like literally the lights are blinding you and you can't see and people are too far away. So you're not getting that immediate feedback. And once you get that, it's kind of like being on Facebook Live. Like once you get that, you crave it. Like when I right. first started doing Facebook Live, I was totally addicted to it because you have that immediate gratification that like people are understanding what you're saying. They're resonating with it. You're, they're commenting and they're liking it. Well, and I think there's a big difference and sometimes people don't realize it between an experience and a connection. I go to a full-on concert for the experience. I don't go there to connect and get closer with my favorite band. I go to the Bluebird Cafe for that connection. I go to Facebook Live for that connection. I have hosted house concerts with artists for that connection. And it's that connection that can help you build a career, especially if you're the brand new artist. A lot of artists will come to me and say, Hey, I would love to, I know that if I just got a chance to open for a bigger act, that everything would change. And there's a lot of artists that are no longer on the radio or have their record deals that had plenty of opportunities to open up for major acts. The problem was, is the fans never got a chance to connect with that artist. And now we have all the tools in place to build that connection before the big stage. And so often artists are so impatient about that growth process. You know, uh, in sports, the development of the athlete, they don't rush that. You know, they don't automatically mm -hmm. just throw you where they think that, you know, just because you were the best college athlete doesn't mean you're going to make it in the pros. There's this development that takes place and those people that have careers. And that's one of the things that I really focus on in my programs, and I think you do as well, is we're not here to make people famous. We're here to help them build careers, to get their music in front of as many people as possible and to have some longevity and to let their music have longevity. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if the, those people that had those opportunities to be in front of a big audience as an opener like that, if they had looked at it correctly and thought about how they could use that opportunity, it could have been 
a, a great thing for them, like especially if it was recently where they could have maybe done a Facebook Live and then targeted the audience of that pe- person that they're opening for, right. right? So then they're already like have this warm connection with them because they've seen them on Facebook. I mean, I've been to enough concerts where the opener is not somebody I've never heard of. I could care less about and I'm shifting in my seat wondering when it's going to be over because I didn't pay for this person. Right. You know? And if they could have, you know, taken the tools and known how to use them of things like Facebook Live and retargeting that I know you talk about in your programs and I do as well, that they could have taken advantage of that opportunity for sure. Well, and I'm doing it in real time right now with Trent Harmon, uh, who's my client, who we're blessed to be able to go out on the road this summer with Rascal Flats. And I went into Facebook and built an audience of Rascal Flats fans, Dan mm. and Shay, who's the other opener, who are brilliant. And I put the hook of Trent single and said, now you see why they're taking this guy out on the road. Uh, Can't wait to meet you. You know, we we really and we just targeted those folks. And I mean, we spent 50 bucks and we got tons of impressions. But we're going to continue doing that leading up to the show saying, you know, as I'm going to be new to this stage, I want to make sure that I meet you when I'm there. Stop by the merch table afterwards so that I can say hello, so that I can personally thank you for coming to the show. Don't forget, I go on at 730 because you're right. You know, none of them, there will be some that will be going to see this guy. But if he really wants to win over the Rascal Flats fans, the Dan and Shay fans, he needs to start that relationship before he gets on stage that night, not try to build it after he leaves the stage. Yeah, that is so smart. And that's something I try to harp on, too, is like there's this fan discovery journey, I call it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't it, you know, it starts with them very first hearing about you or hearing your music. And it takes them a while to then become a fan and a super fan. And you have to think about how they would move along that journey. And if you just try to think about yourself and like how you started to love a certain brand or a certain artist, like it wasn't you just immediately saw that artist and you were hooked. Usually it was several touches. So you have to think about it, you know, just like you're doing in that kind of a strategy. Well, and that's the same way that we do it in our own business. You know, I tell the the clients that I work with, I say, think about how we came together. You may have heard me first on the podcast. You may have mm-hmm. seen a, a social media post. You may have gotten a like or a retweet from me on something that you shared that I liked. I really show them that I have to do the same exact thing. And as, as I would hope everyone would wake up and say, Hey, I want to be in the music business. And this guy who works with a lot of cool people has these great programs. I should just invest in them. That's not how it happens. And it's not supposed to happen that way. It's supposed to be, you're going to get, they say seven touches, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to try to provide value. Well, as an artist, you can do the same thing. The first thing that you can do, and what I really harp on is don't be afraid of the cover song because what you're doing is you're putting your touch on something that's familiar. So as they might not know who you are, they may know the title of that song. They may know the artist that you're covering. Start with a small 20-second, 30-second video. Give it to them in bite sizes and then bring them over to something that's more relevant. Instead, I see so many artists that will go spend 1500 bucks and hire a PR firm that just blasts their full-length video on a bunch of social media platforms and then go, man, I'm, I'm really sorry it didn't work out. Well, it's not supposed to work out because that's not the world that we live in right now. We consume things at 10-second intervals, 20-second intervals, 
30 second intervals. And even if it's someone that I know, the most precious thing that I have right now is my time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to devote five minutes to something, it's going to be because I, I'm, I'm committed. I know the person. I know that I'm going to get five minutes worth of value because my time is valuable. Oh, that is so true. I think time is the the biggest commodity right now, even more than money. And so we need to think about investment of our fans in terms of not just money, but time. And time does lead to money. Mm-hmm. So time is time is kind of on that journey, right? You know, it can be like a click, an yep. email address, and then it's some time, and then maybe it's some money. Well, and I think too nowadays the stream is the new conversion. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it used to be that unless we got an email, we didn't consider that a conversion. But now if you can take, if you can get someone to interact and engage on your socials, we now have the tools to go back and further that relationship. We didn't have that in the past. So now, even if I get someone to watch a video for three seconds, I know I I, I relatively know who they are. I don't know their name. I don't know anything about them, but I have a way to go back and have a longer conversation and see if they're willing to come travel to the next step in that relationship. And as people come across these steps and they take these actions, that's just building better uh, rapport with this person. That's just getting them one step closer to watching that minute and a half video or linking away and listening to your music on Spotify or Apple or watching your video on YouTube. It's just this progression that we need to take them through. And that's what I love about what you teach. And that's what I love about the summit is that no one just showed up and said, oh yeah, I started playing music and thousands of people just showed up and started giving me money. (laughs) It was the craziest thing. I have yet to hear that story. Yeah, that's, that's pretty laughable. Definitely. And I think, you know, one thing that I really wanted to focus on with the summit and something that I focus on kind of in my platform in general, because I work with women is that you need to tailor your music business for what works for you. Like I was saying earlier about your why and all that stuff, because especially for women, you know, we have other things going on in life and, you know, men obviously do, they may have a full-time job. Um, Women often are raising children or, you know, I'm coming across a lot of people that are like having to help their elderly parents or, you know, they have a lot of responsibilities in their life. And, you know, I toured when I had a three-year-old, so that's something that I can kind of put out there and say, like, yeah, it can be done. You just have to look at it differently. You're not performing at bars, and, you know, you need to look at things like corporate events and, you know, thing, You know, I brought in people from Gig Salad because I'm like, these are private events. They're paying, you know, they can connect you with these people that need you. Um, so there's so many ways you can make money. It's not just being on a huge stage you know, we're trying to do it like you see other, you know, big artists like, you know, Trent Harmon is doing. Like you need to to think about what's going to work for your lifestyle. Well, and, and, and speaking of Trent Harmon, you know, one of the things that we're working on with him because he is not a bar act. I mean, this guy really <laughs> sings. So it's finding the right venues. It's finding the right opportunities. It's It's taking advantage of those opportunities. It's saying no to things that monetarily might look good, but for the big picture don't. Uh, and there's just a lot of decisions that really go into this. And and I think the the more that you can educate yourself 
and find your why. Just like Bree said, once you find your why, there is no cookie cutter model. No two artists career paths have ever been the same. There is no one size fits all. You know, you really have to understand why it is that you're doing this. If your goal is to get your music in front of as many people as possible to affect as many lives as possible, you can do that without ever leaving your house because of the tools that are available to you online. And the more you can dig into that, the more you can look into the various programs that can help teach you that. That's where I encourage artists to start investing early is really understanding this new music business model because it's not the same. Like you said, you spend a lot of time and a lot of money chasing an old model. That old model is not working for a reason. But if Beyonce or Taylor Swift or Bruno Mars were starting today from scratch, they would have to use these exact same tools that we teach you how to use every day because that's where the business is today. Yes, totally agree. And yeah, that I mean, you just mentioned a lot of what's in the intro of your podcast, which I completely resonate with. Like there's no one size fits all for careers and and you know, there's no there's no coach that fits all either. Like, you know, like you attract certain people. I attract certain people for different reasons. And I personally have had a lot of different coaches throughout business and maybe there's different coaches for different stages of your career. And so, you know, again, like one size doesn't fit all, but also another one of my famous favorite sayings that I hear around a lot is what got you there. Won't get what get, how do you say that? What got you here? Won't get you there. That's right. Right. And it, and you often have to like level up after you've done the basic stuff. Now I need to look for someone who's going to take me to this level. And I think that every door, every situation prepares you for the next door. And then when you step into that door, it prepares you for the next door. And one of the things that, you know, I want to go ahead and stress is there's there's some programs out there that when you sign up, they're very expensive and all they focus on is recording music and taking photographs and shooting expensive videos and getting you on stage in front of industry people. And if that's what you think's right for you, then by all means, that's right for you. There are other programs out there. I always tell people, I'm like sushi. I'm an acquired taste. I'm not for everyone. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that's, you know, not only will I tell you the work that needs to be done, I'll give you the tools and show you exactly how to do it. I, that's where, where I excel the most. I'm, I'm great in artist development. I'm terrible when it comes to being that manager that just has to say no all day on behalf of that artist. I do not enjoy that. That's one of the reasons why I left Taylor when I left Taylor. It just wasn't fun anymore. And for me, my why is I got in this business, but one, because I love music. Two, because I wanted to be able to provide a lifestyle for my family. Well, part of that lifestyle included me being a part of it, not being on the road 200 days a year. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was my why. And I want to encourage you guys as you leave this podcast is make that your goal uh, over the next couple of days is to sit down and really think about what is your why? Why are you doing this? What does your uh, level of success look like? Uh, what's going to make you happy? And then put the plan together in order to get you there. Bree, where can people find out more about you? 
You guys can go to femmusician.com. That's a F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician.com. You can also get there by going to brienoble.com. And for any of you guys out there, like we have tons of resources there. We're not just gender specific. You can learn plenty from my podcast. Uh, we just like to elevate females and give them a place where their voices can be heard. And and for you fellas out there, what a great place to go if uh, if you want a female co-writer or if you're a songwriter who feels that you write music for female artists, that would be a great community that I would suggest. You know, I, I find myself, especially in the Facebook group, a lot going in and uh, just kind of watching and see what's going on. There's a lot of great people and the type of people that Brie attracts is very similar to the person that I attract. These are people that have a great why and a great understanding of who they are. They're also great collaborators, can become great co-writers, can become great touring partners. There's a lot that goes in to finding the right type of people and Brie has the right type of people. So uh, my dear, I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to share with us today. You guys, I'll make sure that her information is also in the show notes. If you're new to the podcast, uh, I would love for you to subscribe, share it with someone you think can benefit from this. And I'd love to give you a free copy of the book. If you haven't picked it up yet, just go to rickbarker.com, grab a free copy of the book, and I will see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com, take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.